What's good, sports fans? Christian Pedersen here in the San Diego Prep Insider Studios bringing you the Week 7 San Diego High School Football Recap Show. Most of the county was back in action tonight, so we have an insane lineup of games to get to talk about. Some huge results. A couple of upsets here and there. A couple of teams remaining undefeated, potentially. So here's how this works if you've never listened to one of the recap shows. I start everything off just going over all of the results countywide, everything in the San Diego CIF section, give you just some general numbers, reaction like that. Later in the show, about 15, 20 minutes from now, we start the Around the County Pundits part. We've got a huge lineup, as always, of guys from around the county who bring you insight and in-depth analysis and reaction from the games they were at and everything that they want to talk about. So if you're not down for just scrolling through random scores, go ahead and skip ahead 15 minutes or so to our first interview or jump over to hour two of the show. That being said, everything here is brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. For more, visit BlastRadiusCoffee.com. Get you started right at the top of the scoreboard and work our way down with Ocean View Christian Academy or Ocean View Christian beating Victory Christian Academy 44-12. Mission Bay 56 13 over Claremont Mission Bay moves to four and two an impressive past the midway mark for the Buccaneers Sarah they get a huge league win 35 seven against Coronado Sarah they, uh, they they seem to have erased the demons that were plaguing them early in the season as they move to three and0 or three and two on the year like I mentioned that is a league win. San Diego Cavers, they get back to the winning ways with a 50-41 to win over the Patrick Henry Patriots. Patrick Henry, the offense has it all figured out. The firepower is there, so despite the 3-3 three and three record, they look like they are a legitimately, you catch them on the wrong week, threat of a team going into the back half of the season. Rock Academy, they get a 34-13 win over Horizon Prep to move to 4-1 and one on the season. Scripps Ranch remains undefeated as they go 34-13 over Kearney to move to 6-0. and It is really time to ask the question, is Scripps Ranch singularly the best team, the team to beat in Division Three? Right now, the top three teams in Division Three are Scripps Ranch at 6-0, and Hilltop at 6-1, and San Diego at Four and one, but as you dig a little bit deeper into the numbers, you, you get across to what I think is just the most telling sign, and that is uh, points allowed so far this season. Scripps Ranch only thirty-seven points allowed. Pair of shutouts mixed in that. This team is very, very, very good, and this team is also scoring. So. If you want to get at us on Twitter or on uh, Instagram at SD Prep Insider, let us know what you think. If, if I mean, just just come come tell us. Like, is Scripps Ranch the singularly best team in Division Three? I think they might be. It's 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 it's, it's going to be an insane watch the last four weeks to see if they can close out this season perfect. Saint Augustine, they go fifty six nothing over the Morse Tigers. Saints. Moves to 5-1 and one on the season as they now have nothing but league games remaining this year. Uh, they are staring at uh, potentially the 2 or 3 or 4 seed, but they look like they are a lock to be an open division team. Madison, they go 30-14 to 14 over Lincoln. This one, uh, we have a a couple of people later in the show that want to talk about it, so I will remain light on this and just say that the Madison Warhawks move into my personal voting for the San Diego, uh, the Union Tribune top 10 poll with that win. St. Joseph Academy 54-8 to over Calvin Christian. Valley Center gets a win 49 nothing over Fallbrook. Valley Center, they uh, next week will take on LCC. And they're picking up some steam at 4-2. and two. 
going to be a very interesting week to watch for them. Central 58-0 over Calexico. Calipatria 34-20 over Kofa. Hilltop 49-13 over Mountain Empire. The Lancers seem to have entered into that conversation. 1A, 1B type potentially with scripts. Keep an eye on them in the next coming weeks. Palo Verde Valley gets a 37-34 win over Southwest El Centro. Bishop School led by Tyler Buckner with 665 total yards on the game. Uh, they score 73. They beat Orange Glen by a bunch. Got John Maffey at that game. We'll talk to him later about that. San Ysidro, big congratulations to the Cougars for winning their second game of the year with a 54-0 win over Sherman Indian. Vista 46-22 or 46-42 over Poway. Eric Williams, WBK Sports, has a full in-depth recap of that game later in the show for us. Westview gets a huge win 22-13 over Del Norte. For Westview, this is uh, exactly what they need to cook up just a little bit of momentum late in the season, potentially snake themselves a playoff spot. Holtville gets a 62-6 win over Southwest San Diego. La Costa Canyon wins 35-32 over San Marcos. Otay Ranch, 26-23 over Benita Vista. Luke Ramirez from the San Diego Union Tribune will join us later to talk about that one. West Hills, they get a 27-0 win over El Cajon Valley. West Hills is uh, potentially going to be the biggest roadblock between Santana and an undefeated season. They will end up playing next, or this coming Friday, I should say. There's a trophy on the line for this one. This is a big game. This is an opportunity to find out which one of these teams is for real and which one is not necessarily not for real, but... You know, this would be an upset in 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 the the title and paper of it if Santana wins. I don't necessarily think that that's true football wise, but it's certainly I think the game to keep an eye on next week out in the East County. Borrego Springs forty eight nothing over Julian Classical Academy. They win a close one nineteen to fourteen over Tri City Christian to move to four and two on the season. La Jolla Country Day continues to put up massive offensive numbers, winning 54-20 to against Maranatha Christian. E.J. Kreutzman, another 300-plus yard game for the young gun slinger. La Jolla, 15-7 win over Mira Mesa for the Vikings. This is back to 500 as they close out the season now with Morse, Lincoln, University City, and Christian, and a potential chance at getting themselves into a good seed in the Division Three playoffs. Vincent Memorial, they win 8 nothing over Sweetwater. Cathedral Catholic, 50-14 to over Point Loma. All sorts of highlights that you can go ahead and watch from that game uh, when you've got Cathedral Catholic putting up those many points, you know, DJ Ralph, Jordan Allen, and company had a huge night. Team one, two, three, one, two, you know, one through four. I don't know where the open division teams will all end up shaking out, but I would say that Cathedral Catholic is easily a lock to be one of those top teams in the county. Another team that now appears to be in contention for that open division is Steel Canyon as they go 28-13 over Granite Hills. Undefeated Steel Canyon, 6-0, continues to impress, continues to roll. Carlsbad, they go 42-7 over Torrey Pines. For the Lancers, that is a statement win to help keep them also in the conversation, maybe as the fourth or fifth team in open division. Crawford gets an 18-0 win over Hoover. Escondido goes 29-0 over Rancho Buena Vista. East Lake gets a win 36-21 over Modern Day Catholic. Santana, they remain undefeated 56-21 win over Mount Miguel. Rancho Bernardo appears to have exercised their demons this year and gotten on the winning ways. 
as they move to four and two on the season with a 24 to 21 win over the impressive El Camino team. Grossmont 49, Valhalla 14. The Foothillers get a big time statement win, showing that that offense is back on track. Monta Vista 34, Chula Vista 17. Helix 65 14 win over El Cap. The Highlanders retain their number one spot in San Diego. And finally, San Pasqual 14, Ramona 6. That's all the scores here in San Diego. Stay tuned now for all sorts of in-depth analysis, insights, and reaction from guys all throughout the county. You're listening to the Week 7 San Diego High School Football Recap Show brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. We are now joined by one of the most enthusiastic people in San Diego. He has three hands, four hands, maybe five. Like he's always tweeting constantly and somehow able to watch games and do interviews. Adam Paul at EC underscore preps underscore SD on social media. Adam, thank you very much for joining us. Happy football Friday. Where were you tonight? I was at the uh, Steel Canyon at Grand Hills game. Uh, for the uh, Grossmont uh, Hills League opener for those two teams. What did you see there? Uh, you know, it, it was an interesting game. Um, there really wasn't dominant performance by either team. Uh, Steel Canning came away with the 28-13 to 13 win. Um, it was 21-7 for the longest time, and then Granite kind of made a small comeback. Pulled within 21-13, had an opportunity um, when it looked like Steel Cannon was going to go to victory formation. All they had to do was run out the clock and uh, Granite um, uh, caused a fumble, recovered it. And then, uh, Steel Cannon, um, uh, I believe it was Junior Harris for Granite, tried to um, stretch out and he fumbled the ball and uh, Granite got the, or excuse me, uh, Steel Cannon got the scoop and score um, to make it 28-13. I mean, it was wild. It was the, 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 the games between these two teams people shouldn't leave because it's always typically going to come down to the last possession. Um, yeah, and again, it came tonight, like I said, it was 21-13. Uh, with about a minute and a half, you know, a couple minutes left to go in the game, and granted, like I said, almost came back. So, what 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 did we see? Did we, was this a was this a a, a a testament to how good Granite really is that they were able to keep this one make this one interesting at the end? Was this Steel Canyon just? Got caught in a bad couple of minutes of football. What what's some of your fallout? Your takeaways from this game? Uh, to be honest with you, I actually thought the score could have been worse in the first half uh, in Steel Canyon's favor. Um, they, they, uh, they were up 21-7 at the half. It really could have been 35-7. Um, some penalty, you know, a couple penalties, uh, sloppy play. Um, and granted, you know, could have had a couple opportunities had um, there been a little touch on the uh, pass passes by uh, Justice McComb, but unfortunately, uh, you know, he overthrew his receiver receivers um, a couple times. Um, and Harry said, had they been caught, it would have been six points. But on honestly, like I said, uh, Steel Cannon defensively, they they played lights out. Um, I don't know all the uh, st- the stat numbers tonight, but um, they, they they really showed why they're now um, uh, six and zero, or yeah, six and zero. I believe they are. Um, and one of the you know, if and when they play Helix, it's gonna. I think it'll be it'll be a really good game. He's got a great interview with Coach Longerbone on Twitter. We just hit retweet, but you can go find Adam at EC underscore preps underscore SD on all of the social media. Any closing notes from that game before we move on to uh, maybe bouncing a couple other scores around the county off of you? You know, 
I think Granite is a they're 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 another team you know to be reckoned with. They're they're pretty good. Um, they just I don't know, it's weird. Like they they get in these big games and they 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 come out flat and it kind of costs them. And they you know they have to make, try and make the comeback. Um, and that's always as you know it's always tough uh, tough to do to dig yourself out of the hole. So if you don't mind, I'm going to bounce a couple other scores off of you. Sure. You are our East County guy, our guru out there. So I like to to get a little bit of that reaction to you. And the first one mm-hmm. absolutely has to be that Santana just keeps on rolling. They are a perfect 7-0 and this season. Talk to us a little bit about that win and how significant that is for that school. You know, I wasn't sure how they were going to deal with the speed of Mount McGill just because, you know, Jacob Laverdier and um, uh, Allen or uh, Pompey Allen, I think the last name is um, um, Allen Pompey. Um, they're one of the best two um, receiver quarterback combos um, in the county. And they're just he's, he's just so fast. And he's only five foot six, five foot seven at the most. And I mean, I wasn't sure how that was going to work out, but you know what? Santana came out and did their thing and just went on, went on top of them early. And Mount McGill came back to make it a um, seven point game. I believe I saw early on. And then Santana just kind of, turned the afterburners on and just started rolling, you know, rolled on them. Um, Nathan Temple in that game for the Soltons had uh, seven total touchdowns uh, is what I was, what I saw. Um, also a uh, big note, uh, Randall Smith, uh, one of the big receivers, uh, that's a favorite target of uh, Temple. He had a touchdown um, reception tonight. And uh, he actually, with the, with his touchdown reception on the night, tied the school career uh, touchdown record um, that was um, set by John Fields um, back in 1999, the last time the, the Sultans uh, won a league title and actually went undefeated. Um, Ooh, so you're saying there's some parallels between this team and another historic team in school history. I, you know what, to be honest, kind of watching, seeing them play and having witnessed that 1999 team in person, there kind of is, it's, it's a weird deal, but, um, there kind of is, um, you know, it's got the, you know, Temple is a really good quarterback, just like DJ Bush was, um, uh, Randall Smith. Um, is a pretty good is a pretty good wide receiver. Um, Nathan Hughes, uh, Cameron Laricchia on defense. Um, I mean, uh, Richter on defense also. Brooks Mutat running back. Uh, you know, it was the, and plus you know it's the first time they beat Mount McGill since 2002 when they beat them 14 to nothing. So, and granted, they didn't play each other for a little bit because, you know, Mount McGill uh, was in the, on the other side in the other league. Um, but, you know, like I said, they've beat them the first time since 2002. And well, well, let's take a look then at the other half of uh, a little bit of a rivalry game that's going up next week, and that is Santana sure. will be taking on West Hills. West Hills tonight, they get a win against El Cajon Valley, 27 to nothing. West Hills, at one point this season, one and two. It took a loss to uh, Valhalla that kind of had everybody going, okay, wait, 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 what is this team this year? They've now rattled off three straight wins with tonight's win. So talk about that win for West Hills. You know, it's, a, it's another good win for them um, on homecoming. Um, as you know, homecoming can, you know, um, it's just, you know, a distraction. It can be a distraction um, for a team, you know, as the half times are longer and, you know, they do all the festivities and everything. 
Um, you know, it's like I said, it's a good win. It's a good win. It sets up their you know showdown next week out of Santana, down uh, down Mass Boulevard, um, for the Battle of Santee for the Mayor's Cup. Um, you know, with them when they you know after they beat El Capitan in the Burner Cup last week, that kind of gave them the confidence that hey, you know what, we might be turning this thing around and. Um, Excuse me, and you know, like I said, it, it could have been a, a trap game, but uh, Coach Ash and um, his staff—they um, do a really good job out there at West Hills, and those uh, those guys, you know, Klinger, um, Her, uh, Herar, Gerardo, and um, Christini, and, and you know, May, Jake Mayhew and company—they're they're pretty good players. You can find him on Twitter at EC underscore preps underscore SD Adam Paul, bringing all sorts of great insight and analysis. Adam, any closing notes before we say goodbye? You know, like I said, it's, it was an interesting night, you know, Oh, um, don't mind me mentioning here, um, with, uh, the Monta Vista, you know, they beat Chula Vista. Um, this is a kind of a cool career note. Uh, Ron Hamamoto, uh, with his win, um, he now has 229 career wins um, for his career. He tied the uh, leg- uh, Morse legendary legendary Morse coach John Shacklett for fourth all time in San Diego uh, section history. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that. Congratulations to Coach Hamamoto, one of the all time greats, both on and off the field. Adam Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, folks, it is time to start getting dialed in on who are going to be the real deal playoff football teams. So please go track down Adam at EC underscore preps underscore SD on all of the social media for more information on who he thinks are going to be some of the teams you absolutely need to know heading into the playoffs. I'm sure he will help share some, if not all of his great insights. Adam, thank you very much for joining us and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks, Christian. Appreciate it. All right. You're now going to hear the sweet, soothing sounds of Calvin Pierce's voice on the other end of the line. You can find him on all of the social media at Calvin underscore TSC. Amazing. Like, not even next level, the top level video work. Calvin, thank you very much for joining us. How did this week treat you in in, in football? Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Uh, was like you said, I was at the Lincoln game. It wasn't uh, it didn't it didn't pan out too well for Lincoln. Uh, I would say in the first and second quarter, it was it was looking like it was going to be a um, it was going to be a tight one to the end. But somehow after halftime, it didn't pan out that way. I don't know if you guys seen the final score just yet. 30, 30 to fourteen, kind of was kind of was like the Herman and uh, what's the young running back Keyshawn Keyshawn show over there. You mentioned, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Keyshawn. Yeah, you mentioned thirty to fourteen final score. It was uh seventeen fourteen Madison at the half. Then Madison goes for two scores in the fourth quarter unanswered. So, uh, what what changed in that second half? Uh, I, what's his name did get the start today? Uh, Tyler Tyler did get the start, and if I'm not mistaken, it was um. It was a drive going right in the halftime, and he just marched it. Him and the team just marched it down and punched it in. And you thought with that momentum, he would definitely keep getting the nod coming out in the second half. And for some for some reason, the coaches went with a senior quarterback, uh, Chris, and gave him a shot and kind of changed the offense a little bit. And and then I think they ended up coming back to Tyler, but might have been a little too late. I, I don't know. It was a coach's decision. So is this panic time? Is there something to actually now be worried about for Lincoln, or is this just sign that Madison is the real deal? Uh, it's that gray area. A L- little bit of both? Quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's quite panic time just yet. And I'm not quite sure if Madison is that real deal. Because, I mean, until you could beat one of those Cathedral Saints or any of those teams, they're still – 
I think they're still jockeying for what what you would say um, a top seed in Division One somewhere. They're jockeying for that for their seed or home field in Division One, uh, Madison. But for the most part, they're 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 not a bad team. Um, like I said, they they got those two guys strong. They do got other players on that team other than those two guys, but those are the two primary ball players, and they they get it done day in and day out. Getting to see uh, Madison in person. But we we yeah, no, go ahead. The two Madison guys, Herman and uh, Deontay. But yeah, the, uh, yeah, it was some. It was some like like you said. It was some plays made in in that first half. Uh, Lincoln. They made a couple in the second half, but at the end of the day, it was it was Madison's game, and Madison wanted. Uh, it was their homecoming, and they they had a good turnout, and they 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 took this one. It sort of seems like uh, we've entered now into that part of the season. Like you mentioned, jockeying for Division One positioning. It seems like nobody is safe this year. And you catch the wrong team on a good night, and you're in trouble. Everyone's going to end up with a couple of losses uh, before we head into the playoffs. Any closing notes on that game before uh, I, I bounce a couple of scores from around the county off you? Uh, I don't think nothing else on that game. All right, so I'm looking around the county. There was a couple of a uh, couple of eye turning <laughs> scores. You got you, you got a few That's minutes. Just- Go ahead, yeah, Steel, yeah, yeah. Steel Canyon. That Steel Canyon, one, that Steel Canyon one stuck out to me. Oh man, that was a that was a good one. Um, and, and what's surprising about that one? And we go back to the jockey, and it looked like they're jockeying for that fourth seat in the open. And uh, and then when you go down and look a little further in the scores, I think Carl's best like, hey, 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 not just quite, not just yet. <laughs> and they hit they hit Tory Pines over the head with the forty-two-seven. So. That, that one's going to come down to the wire. Like I said, I like what Steel Canyon did uh, against Granite Hills at 28-13. Uh, what was that transfer guy, Chris Carter? And those guys, they, they had the wheels rolling. And from what I know, they got one of the top defenses in, uh, in, the, in the county. They so, do. Um, yeah, so uh, 28-13 Steel Canyon, 42-7 Torrey, or Carlsbad over Torrey Pines. The, the one that you didn't mention that I want to get to that I just have staring me in the face right now is Mission Hills 27, Oceanside nothing. Man, that, is it just not Oceanside's year or what? Because, I mean, from the years I played high school football and beyond the years I played, Oceanside was the it factor. And it just seemed like, I don't know if it's like two back-to-back slump years or this year is more rebuilding, but... We're just not. I'm just not used to seeing something like this come well, in motion. So. I I think that with you know this year with wins over LCC and San Marcos and they were four and one coming into this week. They were getting top ten votes. A lot of people thought that this was Oceanside, if not being back, making their way back right in front of our eyes. And then twenty seven nothing against Mission Hills tonight just seems. It doesn't quite add up with what we've seen from the rest of this season's body of work from them. No, uh, uh-uh. you, you know which other one stood out to me? I think I think it was that uh, man, that Poway Vista what was the forty-two, 40, the 46, 46, 42 final score Vista over Poway. You almost had a hundred point scored in uh in that game. Well, I mean. A lot of, that was a shootout. Was any defense played at, at that stadium tonight? I mean, technically, there were guys on defense. Uh, they didn't know which side of the ball they were on. They didn't know what, what end was up at the end of the night uh, with everything that was going on. You want to talk about offense, though? I'll just I'll leave you with this note. Uh, I was at Bishops tonight for 105 combined points between Bishops and Orange Glen. Wow. Yeah, 73-32 Bishops wins. Tyler, Buck, Tyler, yeah, Tyler Buckner was on uh, on a little bit of a next level, next level something, something. Okay, so we've looked around a bunch of the scores here in San Diego. If you've got any other games that you want to get to, you know, go ahead and shout them out to me. If not, I'll I'll close you out with this question. Uh, the The Saints and Cathedral wins aside, was there anybody tonight on the scoreboard that you said, "Wow, okay." That seals the deal for me. I know that that's a good team. 
it's kind of going back to that that's still Canyon because they're they're undefeated. That that kind of stood out to me. That twenty eight thirteen. What is that? They're in conference play right now, right? Against Granite Hills, and, and from what I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's one of their biggest rivalries uh, year in and year out. So to come out and win that rivalry on top to twenty eight thirteen, and uh, rolling in the conference play like that, and and still rolling undefeated. I don't know if you know any other teams that could possibly uh, uh, be a roadblock to them uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, for but, uh, for, for Steel Canyon, it's going to all come down to the last two weeks of the season when they have to go at Grossmont and then play Helix at home. Okay. And that, that one's going to be a big one because if you, you remember what happened, I think Steel Canyon stole that one. I don't uh-huh. know if you want to call it, I don't know if they want to call it stole, but they, they won that one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't think uh, Helix want to uh, experience that again. No, I don't think they have any interest in doing that one again. Once again, you can find him at Calvin underscore TSC on social media. Please go follow and check out what Calvin is doing because you know him here through high school football, but he's doing all sorts of good, cool, great, awesome. I mean, just like I get lost just watching some of his yeah, stuff I'll on be repeat. At, I'll, be at the Chargers, I'll be at the Chargers game next week. I'm filming the Chargers uh, Pittsburgh Steelers working oh, at Sunday what? night football game. Up about yeah, I got, that. I got the call. Okay, yeah, you definitely need to go get it on lock on his Twitter and Instagram. Calvin, thank you very, very much for joining us, and we will talk to you come week eight if uh, any of us have survived the the excruciating drama that are these Friday nights. Yes, sir. All righty, my man. Thank you very much. We are now joined by Luke Ramirez from the San Diego Union Tribune, someone that makes me very glad that this is an audio medium and not a visual medium because you would just spend the entirety of this interview just gazing at his rugged chin and his uh, general manliness. <laughs> Luke Ramirez, thank you very much for joining us. You can follow him at Luke or Sports, a lot of U's in there on all of the social media. My man, what was good tonight in San Diego High School football? Well, I thought exactly what was good. Another South Bay high school football game. Um, something I thought about was, you know, the, the records may not be very pretty, but uh, there's some pretty football to watch down here. That's for sure. Last week had a good one. Uh, Southwest uh, taking down Claremont. And this week followed suit in that fashion. Uh, I had uh, Otay Ranch coming back and uh, beating Bonita Vista on their home turf at Southwestern College after being down 23-7 to in the third quarter. Um, really good game here. It started off uh, Bonita Vista. Um, they had three touchdowns in the first half. All three of them were to senior receiver Ron Van. Um, this guy was just hauling in everything. He couldn't drop a pass if he tried tonight. He had 140 yards uh, on four catches and the three touchdowns in the first half alone, and he finished with 202 yards. Um, in uh, in the game, uh, but it was Otay Ranch who actually uh, turned the corner. And the storyline I was kind of following was, you know, they had such a tough non-league schedule. Uh, they came into tonight two and four. Um, they lost to Steel Canyon, they lost to San Augustine, and they lost to Cathedral Catholic most recently last week, sixty-three zero, to round out their non-league schedule. And uh, that was about as brutal as it got for anybody in the entire um, county. I I would have to say. Yeah, that that's three of the schedule. that's three of the top four teams in San Diego, right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know that was something I was following. You know, East Lake had a tough non-league schedule as well. Um, even Bonita Vista had a couple of big games on there. That's Steel Canyon and San Augustine. They they lost to. Um, it's and it kind of reverted back to when I was talking to you know some of these major league coaches. Um, before the season started, uh, they said it's tough to get, you know, teams to, to schedule them. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of the kiss of death to lose to a South Bay team. And uh, so it's tough for um, the South Bay teams to get a, a, a strong non-league schedule. And they had to do that by going after the big dogs. Um, and it didn't work out for them by any means. That's uh, just looking at the results um, on the, in the scoreboard. But uh, I think that what showed tonight was that, uh, these teams that are playing these tough schedules, they're learning how to persevere through these tough games. You know, they take the punch in the mouth. That six, you know, a sixty-three to zero win loss. I'm sorry, loss uh, is never fun. But 
it showed tonight, you know, that, that additional grit that it can add to your team. So they've got a whole bunch of grit stacked on top of grit with a little bit of extra side of grit, it would sound like. But now they've got an actual come-from-behind win to hang their hats on. You know, if you had to script this one out, if you're Otai and, and you know, blow them out by 50, lose by 20, all the different results, does a come-from-behind win in this fashion sort of strike you as literally you've seen the moment that the season turns? in person, live, real time, like, okay, it finally clicked. It's finally they're, they're implementing their will. Is that what you were seeing? Or, or what's your general takeaway from this game? Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. Um, I mean, Otay Ranch could have easily folded up uh, pretty much their season, uh, their hopes at winning the league title, um, you know, if they were to fold tonight after halftime. Um, but some uh, some coach Christensen, Lance Christensen told me was like, when you play those tough teams, there's there's no opportunity for you to quit. You know, you're you're being chased down the entire football game, um, and there's you have no other choice but to just hang in there, and you know keep playing your best against these stacked teams. Um, and finally, you know they get a game against their league rival Benita Vista, um, and in a in a in a league that I think is going to be completely wide open this year. Um, you know, Eastlake bounced back with a win uh, over Modern Day. Um, they look good tonight from what I hear. I need to look into, <clears throat> you know, more more what they're able to do. But um, I think this Mesa League is wide open, and Otay Ranch made a huge statement coming back, winning this game. Uh, you know, they are more definitely a more proven football team than Benita Vista, who's, you know, under coach Sam Kirkland, uh, his second year there. They're definitely trending in the right direction, but still very young, um, still trying to find their identity. Um, and so Otay Ranch, to, to be able to – I'll help paint the picture a little bit more. We got Eastlake, Otay Ranch, Benita Vista, Modern Day Catholic, and Olympian are currently the Metro Mesa League football standings. Eastlake and Otay both getting league wins tonight, like you had mentioned. But just record-wise, not a single team in this league above 500. So completely like you just you nailed it. This is wide, wide open. Uh, any closing notes on this, the the Otai Benita game before I maybe bounce a couple other scores off of you? Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of, I wanted to get to the finish and Otai be able yeah, to come back. So they, they were down 23 to 7 uh, in the third quarter after a safety in their first, uh, first third quarter possession. Um, and then from there, they were able to score three unanswered touchdowns, uh, actually four when you count the game winner. And I, I, I got to say, I got to give a shout out to Jaden Smith. He's a defensive lineman for Otay Ranch and the third string fullback, among other things I'm sure he plays. Um, but he got his number called there. It was a play action, little kind of waggle rollout from Paco Puentes, the quarterback. Uh, he knew he was going to get his number called, and he kind of just got thrown into the mix with the game on the line, um, was able to haul in the catch and, and get the, the game-winning six points right there. Um, definitely a cool way to end this game. Uh, gutsy call by you know Judd Rachow, the offensive coordinator, and uh, overall, a really good statement for Otay Ranch. Excited to see what they can do the rest of the year. Absolutely huge win. And this could be the moment, like we said, that the season turns around and, and you get to really pinpoint it. Very rarely we get to see that actually happen in real time. A couple other scores from the South Bay that I want to run by you because you are our South Bay guy. Uh, the first one, I know you mentioned that you didn't have time to really dig into the the X's and O's of the box score yet, but just give me general reaction to Eastlake 36, Modern Day Catholic 21, second win of the season for Eastlake. Yeah, you know, it was big. And I remember talking to the coaches, the Mesa League coaches, uh, uh, Coach McFadden and Coach Christensen. Um, their main goal with this non-league schedule was to come out of it, one, healthy, and two, uh, more prepared to take care of uh, – of the other teams that are in this, in this league. Um, and obviously East Lake did that tonight. You know, I'm excited to check out some PPR raw footage and uh, uh, see a little bit more what plays were made and, and how what was working for East Lake. Um, you know, their offense is, you know, pretty underdeveloped as far as, uh, you know, the, as the identity they have offensively. Um, but here that they put up 36 points uh, in a game that was most likely going to be a shootout with modern day, who's also a very offensive minded team. Um, that's a good sign for, for the Titans, for sure. 
Second win of the season comes for San Ysidro as they go 54-0 over Sherman Indian. For a team in San Ysidro that had not won since 2017 coming into this season, how big is it that that they're looking at at, at least a two-win season? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, very, very big. And, you know, I say this every time we talk about San Ysidro, but Coach Aguan over there, every time I get the chance to talk to him, despite everything that's going on, the challenges that he has to face, um, you know, every year and every every day he goes in there as a head coach. Uh, he's got just the best outlook you could possibly have on it. Uh, super positive and uh, just ready to get this football tra- football team trending in the right direction. Uh, you can already see back-to-back wins. You know, that's, that's huge for that program there. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be exciting to see how they can kind of get themselves in the mix for that. Uh, specifically, I know Castle Park, um, it's having a, a, a historic start to their season as well. Um, but, uh, the Cougars definitely trending. Um, if you, if you look at them in the, in the big picture of the last few years, a lot of teams in the South Bay had buys tonight, this, uh, Castle Park, like you mentioned, one of those teams. So really the only other score down in the South Bay to talk about would be Hilltop getting a big win over Mountain Empire, 49-13 to move to 6-1 and one on the season. So I'll ask you, Hilltop, or really, are there any other scores countywide that you want to get to before we say goodbye? Um, I would say that's it. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm super dialed into my game that I'm at. You know, I, I, I get some chatter on the sideline about some other scores going on. Um, I'll have to, you know, really sink my teeth into everything else. But um, Hilltop, Hilltop to uh, kind of, you know, continue there their run after, you know, they, they have the loss some more a couple of weeks back. They beat Benito last week. Um, they're going to hang around in their division and be a team that I don't think anybody's going to want to have to go in and play with how explosive that offense is. And uh, another note that was kind of interesting, I, I follow Coach Wesley on Instagram, and he's super active on there, which is awesome to see. And he mentioned something about having to coach from the, the press box now. So I'm kind of interested to hear if I uh, can get in touch with him. I want to hear about that and his decision to – kind of move from the sideline up into the press box as far as coaching during the game. Um, at least that's what he said he did last week. I'm not sure if he did it tonight. but Yeah, he started um, doing that against um, Valhalla earlier this season. Yeah. It was the first week that he had done that. And um, granted, I have not had in-depth amount of time to discuss it in person with him, but my best understanding was uh, given how – offensively minded and focused he is being an offensive guy himself a former division one quarterback he just felt like he got a better vision on on how to implement and run his offense from looking up there uh so yeah i when you follow up with him and get a more in-depth story because you are the actual journalist in this conversation um please please get in touch with us and let us know because i think there's there's obviously something in the secret sauce that has been working quite well for hilltop this year yeah, definitely. I, I don't need very many excuses to try to get in touch with Coach Wesley. I love talking with that guy. He's such a great football mind. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the relationship he has with his team, um, his coaching staff, and, and the players over there at Hilltop, um, it's really, really cool to see. And for it to be so close, uh, to me at least, um, it's awesome. And, and uh, Hilltop's got a good story going on. Hopefully they can make some happen this year. Well, we're we're closing in on the end of the make something happen this year, and now maybe into the little bit of a make a run type type commentary. As as it hit me really hard, I was like, "Whoa, week seven is here! Holy heck, this season is flying by!" Uh, you can follow him at Luke Ramirez or Luker Sports. Luke Ramirez. Uh, there's a lot of U's in there, Luker, but uh, you can find him because we'll retweet all of his stuff and share it on Instagram. Luke is doing a lot of amazing, great work. You can please go follow him, support him and everything that he does with the Union Tribune. Luke, any parting notes? Uh, just like kind of how we opened the show, you know, uh, I've gotten to see back-to-back football games uh, that came down to excellent endings in the South Bay. Um, and while the records may not be pretty right now, um, I'll reiterate the football is definitely something to, to keep an eye on um, once playoffs get started and see some leagues uh, getting wrapped up. Very, very excited to see what's going on. You just uh, want to reiterate the beginning of our interview because you want me to tell everybody how you're the best looking journalist in San Diego. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Go, go, go follow Luke for everything he's doing. Thank you very much for joining us again. And we cannot wait to talk next week. 
All right, we are now joined by Raymond Brown, the man behind SD Football Network, San Diego Football Network, the guy that you got to follow for all of the stuff, high school, college, and professional football here in San Diego. Thank you very much for joining us. You were at Lincoln versus Madison. What did you see there tonight, and what did you see around the county? Um. Looks like uh, appears that Madison is for real, man. They got their uh, third straight win over a ranked team from San Diego. Um, the first half was kind of close. Uh, Madison kicked things off on their opening drive with a touchdown pass from Jalen Thomas to Mike Jones, and then um, after an interception, Lincoln answered back with a touchdown pass from uh, Tyler Jensen to Benjo O'Brien. It was a uh, seven-six after a missed conversion, and then uh, Jalen Thomas with the quarterback keeper make it 14 to six and then uh Kenneth Stevens with one of the best screen pass touchdowns you'll ever see um to uh, keep it close but it was uh Madison with 17 Lincoln with 14 at the half pretty close half but the second half uh, Madison just took over uh, defense played amazing Lincoln couldn't get on the board uh the Warhawks are for real so you mentioned the the score be, at halftime being close, and then Madison ends up pulling away in the second half. Your takeaway is that Madison is the real deal this season. I think that a lot of people had that question of, of going into this week. What was this game going to tell us? To me, this game just told us that, that yeah, okay, yes, great. Perhaps Madison is the real deal, but if anything, it just told us that we know nothing about what the Division One playoffs are going to look like. Uh, absolutely. Uh, everything is still wide open. I wouldn't look too close into the ratings right now. Still a lot of football to be played. Still a lot of great teams matching up. Going to decide a lot of things. Um, I'm excited, man. Lots to look forward to. So, mind if I bounce it? Or anything else from that game uh, before we go countywide? Uh, yes, I'd like to give a happy birthday to uh, Keontae Springs. He had a great game. I believe he had two touchdowns, both in the second uh, half. Um, my birthday's two days away, too. So um, no expensive gifts, you guys. Please, no expensive gifts. Wow. You're turning uh, 21 finally? Oh, man, I wish. Uh, add like 14 years to that. <laughs> well, Raymond, we wish you happy birthday either before, during, or after the birthday, depending on when everybody is listening to this. So uh, just know that tweet at SD Football, give them some birthday love. Uh, that's two weeks in a row, though, that Madison has had a birthday being celebrated by somebody on the team last week with Coach Jackson, this week with Keontae. Like, maybe, maybe that's the, the, the secret this year for Madison is just have a birthday to celebrate every Friday for the rest of the year. I'll see the birthday mojo, or they're really on the revenge tour. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. two straight oh. wins over teams that beat them last year. Or, or you're right; they are just good at football. One of the, t it's, this is why we have you <laughs> on here for legitimate analysis. I'm talking about the the uh, the the birthday correlation, and, and you bring a cold dose of they might also just be good at football. Um, <laughs> around the county, it could be. Both. It could be <laughs> That's why I love you guys. You help you help me settle into uh, to that nice mix. Around the county, a lot of the South Bay had buys tonight, but the rest of the high school football scene was in action. A couple of scores I want to bounce off you. You got a few minutes? Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, so the first one is Scripps Ranch remaining undefeated with a 34-13 win over Kearney. What do you see there? Um, I'm surprised that Kearney was only able to score 13. Man, they have so much talent on that offense. So you got to give it up to uh, Scripps Ranch defense, first of all. And um, second, um, Scripps Ranch, man. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, I think my Cavers got them coming up. Uh, that's going to be a tough game, man. Uh, that City League crown is getting kind of heavy. Yeah, so they will play against San Diego in two weeks. That game will be at San Diego. Speaking of the Cavers, they get back to the winning ways 50-41 to over Patrick Henry. Talk about that game. Yeah, uh, Patrick Henry was uh, hanging on the whole time. It wasn't – I don't think that score is what it looked like. But um, 
great for um, the Cavers to get back on the winning circle after losing their big streak. Um, Patrick Henry is a much improved team. That's what that score shows me. So I think uh, the game was more lopsided last year, if I'm not mistaken. So um, congratulations to both teams. Congratulations to my Cavers. And hopefully we can get things running again after a tough loss. Rancho Bernardo seems to have righted the ship this season. They win 24-21 tonight over El Camino. What's your takeaway there? Uh, it, it appear, it, that appears to be an upset, but it's really not because um, Rancho Bernardo's Division One and El Camino's uh, Division Two. but I, I was expecting El Camino to win that game. So uh, to me, that's an upset, even though the division says otherwise. So I'm looking around the county, and I, I, a couple of a couple of massive blowouts. Saints with a blowout over Morris Valley Center with a blowout over Fallbrook. San Ysidro gets a couple of wins. West Hills gets a couple of wins. But then I come across this, and I see that Mission Hills 27, Oceanside 0. This confuses me. After all of the talk about Oceanside this season being a top-10 team, is this a? Are they still top ten, but they're just a ways off from being elite? Is this just a bad week? What 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 happened? Um, everybody has a bad night, but um, also um, these two teams have been a thorn on each other's side for like the past ten years. Like um, when the series first started in like mid two thousands, I think Oceanside had like a ten game winning streak, and then Mission Hills just started whooping on them and uh, ran it into their first open division title, and then since then it's just been back and forth, back and forth with teams trade and blowout so um i'm kind of shocked i thought oceanside would get that but i'm not surprised man that's how the series kind of been for the past 10 years raymond brown from san diego football network you can follow him at sd football on all of the social media an absolute must follow if you like high school or college sports here in san diego raymond any closing notes from around san diego county from what you saw tonight uh, we also have to give congratulations to Santana. Uh, they're still undefeated after a win over a high-scoring Mount McGill team. And I want to uh, give a get well soon and some prayers to Elion Noah. I believe he injured his ankle against El Cap today. So uh, hopefully get a speedy recovery there and everything's good. Absolutely. Our prayers go out to El Elion and all of the high school football players every single week that they stay safe, get healthy. If anything does go wrong. Excellent note to close yes, on. Absolutely. Raymond. If any other kid is injured tonight, oh, my prayers out to you too. I don't want to single nobody out. No, and it's, it's the injuries big and small. It, the, the banged up shoulders and the bruised knees and, and, and the torn ACLs and everything in between. We always, uh, we, we, we understand that this is a dangerous game. And so we appreciate everybody uh, and all of their hard work getting the kids prepared for this and, and all of the players that make our nights so enjoyable to watch. Go follow him at SD Football on all of the social media. Raymond, thank you very much for sticking with us through seven weeks of this chaotic season, and we can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the weekend. Oh, you too, my man, and happy birthday.